Welcome to the Fed Heads, a weekly podcast from Grant Thornton Public Sector. Join the Fed Heads, Robert Shea and Francis Rose, each week to talk about the arcana of government management and the people who are working hard every day to improve it. Welcome to episode 60. I'm Francis Rose. Number 60. I'm Robert Shea. This is a landmark episode. A landmark, yeah, like another decade. Actually, just another 10. That's, well, no, I guess a decade's 10 years, technically. That's right. All right. Uh, I'm very happy that we're up to episode 60. Me too. I can't believe there are 59 others of these floating around in the ether. And to our dozens of listeners who keep coming back for more. <laughs> right. Right. I can't explain it. I just know it is the case. We're very pleased to be here for episode 60. And one of the things that I think you have talked about on this program and other places where we have discussed uh, before is the importance of data in making decisions and presenting information to decision makers inside government agencies. Yeah, it was something that was really emphasized during my time as commissioner on the Commission on Evidence-Based Policymaking. All right. Please rescue me. Carol Brismakowitz, who's the chief data officer in the Office of the Inspector General at the Department of Health and Human Services. And I don't know if you're a listener of this podcast or not, but here's the deal. Every single time this guy gets an opening to mention the fact that he was a commissioner on this commission, he just milks it for all it's worth. And Some, sometimes, even when there's not an opening. Well, that's fair. <laughs> that's At least you're telling that one on yourself and not <laughs> me telling it on you. But anyway, welcome to FedHeads. It's great to have you here. What's the job of a CDO in an inspector general's office, and what's your sense of how that's the same or different than the job of a CDO in the agency proper or an agency proper? So my job within the Office of Inspector General has been to pull data together. So for those of you listening, you couldn't see the big smile when the commissioner (laughs) talked about that. Um, Finally, (laughs) guests showing some respect. No, but Carol, you gave that the smarm that it deserved when you used it. So good on you. Welcome aboard. Uh, So part of this was realizing that we could leverage data that we already had access to in different ways. So either how do we pull it together from our legacy systems and provide different visuals to really help inform the strategic planning of the organization? Or how can we better get access to mission data so that we could do things faster and better? So when I came on board, that's really what I said was my mission statement, is how do we empower OIG employees to do their mission better and faster? How do we help them get data faster? And I really wanted to reduce the time it took for them to access quality data, which in our world is kind of a loaded term. But just seeing that opportunity for how can we indict cases faster? How can we do our audits in a different way? How can we target our work in a different way? So that was important to me as the first CDO of our mm-hmm. office. Can you tell a story about something that you're doing now that you couldn't have done before you brought these competencies to the office? So one of the things that we built was an enterprise dashboard. Uh, we had information in our legacy system. So like any other office in the government, right? we have components within our organization. So we have auditors and evaluators and investigators and then the Office of Counsel. And you could ask a question as to, you know, what is the office doing related to the opioid epidemic? And like most organizations, the way that that question used to be answered was, I'm going to put out a data call, and I'm going to hit those source systems, and I'll figure it out. And so when my boss asks that question, then maybe a week later, I'll be able to answer that question. What we've now done is tapped into those source systems. We leveraged a cloud-based technology, and now you can answer that question in a matter of minutes. 
So we had to go behind the scenes to do the very nitty-gritty work of data governance, get everybody to define it the same way. But now everybody in our organization can look at what are the products that we have in the organization, where are they in the pipeline, what's our monetary recovery, and even some information about our cases. So that's been really powerful to help with just decision-making. And oh, by the way, then if I'm a new, a new auditor and analyst on a project and I get assigned something, that's a way that I can quickly go look at what is the rest of the organization working on, who are the people I need to talk to, what else have we done in the past. So it's been really powerful for speeding things up. What did you find when you got there? How long have you been there, I guess, first? And what did you find when you got there in terms of the current state of the art of data governance and the quality of the data that you had? Was, was it clean but maybe not all formatted the same way that it was easy to parse it and lay it on top of each other, or was it kind of not that? <laughs> so I will say that I'm, I'm honored to work in an organization where there were already a lot of great professionals and people that were thinking about data talent, and they were analysts. Maybe they didn't call themselves that. Mm -hmm. But there wasn't a formalized governance structure. Mm -hmm. So when we started, we actually didn't even call it governance. And actually, right when I first started, I didn't hire my team to do data governance right away because our IT, they were still upgrading the network. Mm -hmm. So I thought it doesn't really make sense to ask people to hit a centralized database if out in the, in the field, right, we have 1,600 people in about 83 offices. So if in a small field office somewhere out just north of Kansas City, they couldn't actually hit the database, it doesn't make sense to talk about governance. So we waited a couple years. Then we started to pull a working group together, people that we thought were passionate about it, to start defining terms. And then eventually we created the executive committee to talk about data governance, which we're meeting even this week to talk about more strategic things like priorities about IT investments mm -hmm. and where do we need to head with data. So. I'd say it wasn't, you know, for some organizations, some people hire a CDO because everything's a complete mess. I'm lucky that it wasn't a complete mess. It was more about what's the opportunity to make things faster and better. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned 1,600 people in 83 offices. Give us a little picture of the Office of the Inspector General at the Department of Health and Human Services. So I mentioned before we've got auditors, evaluators, investigators, and attorneys, and then folks in my component, which are like the mission catalysts, we like to call ourselves, rather than just mission support, um, throughout the country. And so you've got, um, I think the most recent that we've seen in the public is our Appalachian region uh, takedown, right? We were focused on the opioid epidemic. So that's a partnership between our investigators and prosecutors out in the field, right, out in Appalachia. So some of our auditors and evaluators likewise are out in the field and they're working with state and local officials, really looking at systemic issues throughout the country with healthcare, so Medicare and Medicaid fraud, or other issues right related to the National Institutes of Health with grant fraud, things like that. So the biggest portfolio for us is really Medicare fraud, right, Medicaid fraud. That's a huge data set too, so we need to partner with the Centers for Medicaid and Medicare Services where we can, leverage their data figure out that IT backbone and that system and how we get that uh, working on predictive analytics to layer on top of it and then really making sure that the folks in the field can access those tools reliably. Uh, for me it was about rather than putting in a request to the analytic team and having to wait for it to come back to DC potentially for them to get an answer, how could they get data at their fingertips? We talk a lot about data at the fingertips so they could access it from wherever they are out in the field. What does the trajectory look like for data usage in inspectors general offices, not even necessarily just at the federal level. But what what do you see on the horizon as something that you're going to be able to do with data that maybe you can't yet infrastructure wise or sophisticated just anything, but what 
what do your customers within the IG office have to look forward to that they maybe can't do yet? I think the opportunities in cloud-based technologies and AI technologies are really going to help inspector generals, the field of the inspector general, right? Because a lot of what we're doing is fraud detection, fraud prevention. We're looking for outliers. We're looking for systemic issues. I think being able to integrate data sets, right? There's a lot of talk about structured and unstructured. Being able to pull that together in a platform to take a look at that will be very powerful. Mm-hmm. I also think with some of the AI technologies, right, there's the supervised learning and the unsupervised learning. It basically means I'm either going to take the data and look for things that I already know and I'm going to make a computer smart to find it, or I'm just going to throw a bunch of data at it and see what it's going to tell us. Mm -hmm. I think there's so much data sitting in all of our collective agencies that we're going to have to be looking at, trying to pull together. I know I see it in our case where we have claims data. Some of it is very structured, but with the move to value-based care, some of the things we need to really look at are medical records, electronic health records potentially, Medicare Advantage program, a prescription D, um, the Part D, the prescription drug program, where things are in Word documents or they're in other structured and unstructured formats. So mm-hmm. pulling that together, it's just going to be a big challenge and an opportunity for us. Congress just codified the position of chief data officer across government. Amen. Hallelujah. Hey. Wow. I was going to ask you what you thought of that, but uh, you beat me to the punch. You kind of gave it away. Yeah. Well, give us your thoughts on what that looks like, what, what, what that's going to do to the position of chief data officer and why you think it's a good idea. So the reason why I said amen, hallelujah, is I know when that came out, I sent that to my team, and I said, look, we're official. But this is everything we're doing. Let's stay focused on our mission to empower the organization. And the log pretty much is where we are. Um, Where I see it as beneficial is that for agencies that didn't have a position or weren't focused on it, it's an opportunity for people to get organized around data in ways that they haven't been before. So in our organization, there are times when we're reaching out, trying to navigate a data use agreement to figure out who's got the data, who's got the decision rights, how do we work on that. I know that having a a chief data officer at the department level has been helpful, but also no two CDOs seem to have the same functions underneath them or look the same. So in my role, I'm very much focused on how can we leverage data for internal purposes. So I need the personal, right, I need the PII data. I need all of your personal health information potentially or your personally identifiable information so that we can go after a fraud case, for example. I need really specifics. That's different than the open data movement. So I find that the law is actually codifying who are the people in the organizations that need to be set up to be able to have those conversations so that we know who are the decision makers, what are those governance processes, what are the protections around the data, is it secure, and just how do we foster that dialogue. Do you report to the CIO? of the HHS IG, or are you outside of the CIO's office? I am outside of the CIO's office. And do you have a view on where the CDO ought to be across government relative to the CIO? So this is a very uh, passioned argument within our community. (laughs) I know when I came on board four years ago, I was told by many that the CDO should be separate from the CIO. Um, I am lucky in my organization that the CIO is my key partner, and I would not be successful without having Chris Chilbert in that role. What I found talking to a lot of other people is it really depends on where the resources and decision rights are aligned in an organization, and it's based on the culture of an organization. So for some people, being talking about data when you're in an organization where everybody's experience is, is your email working, is your cell phone working, is the network working, that can elicit a reaction from people that might not be positive. So some people want to be separate from the CIO. On the other side, I've seen some CDOs that have not been resourced, but the CIO has been. And so then they're left with this huge mandate and no resources to actually be able to implement it. 
So I think it really, for departments and agencies, it's thinking about where they're going to have the most impact to meet this functional need and figuring out the structure. So I'm biased. I like having the CIO as my partner. Yeah. That's so, my so you're saying it depends. That's really helpful. Don't be smart to the guests. Sorry, sorry. sorry. She just got all passionate. This is about arcana, so we need to keep it really dry. It strikes me, too, that one of the options is for organizations that don't have the setup that you have that has proven to be successful. Maybe they need a different type of CIO or maybe they need a different structure or support structure for that CIO, for somebody who can not have to be a technical person, for somebody who can be a strategic person leader. I mean, that strikes me as essentially the difference that you're talking about, right? I think what I see for chief data officers, because the other thing I've talked to in my community, that there's no two of us that look exactly alike with either the functions we have, the people we have, or the backgrounds we bring to the table. Mm -hmm. So a lot of what I say, though, is that this job is really about people and driving change and looking for the opportunity of how you leverage data and analytics in a different way. So whether it's tech, you know, the technical piece, I partner a lot with the CIO and the folks that he's got on his team, which they're wonderful to figure out how do we actually get into the cloud. But we have the vision for here's what we could do with data. So we're there to make sure we're sustaining focus and advocating for the things that we could do with data. So however that needs to work, I do think there needs to be a dedicated person focused on data. And then right, fighting for the budget, thinking through the budgetary processes, how do we go ahead and pilot something to make, make it happen. All right. Um, what else should people know about what's important in what you do and for your customers within the IG office at HHS? And are your customers all of those three groups of people that you have mentioned a couple of times during our conversation, or are there others that, that we haven't talked about? Primarily, I think of those as our customers, right? So as an OIG as a whole, we have a dual reporting, right? We report to the Hill. Mm -hmm. We have a responsibility to our secretary, right? We're here to serve the public and really shine a light on things. So for me, right, the data and analytics don't exist just to have data and analytics. It's only going to be useful if it's helping support an audit or evaluation or investigation. Mm -hmm. So I, that's why I think of them primarily as my customers. Um, I very much stay focused on empowering the OIG to use data proactively. So the other thing that I'll say is just how people think about data and data analytics. They like to throw an umbrella over that and just assume it's an easy button you can hit. It's not. There's a lot that goes behind the scenes thinking about what data, for what purpose. And as long as you stay outcome-oriented in your thinking that you're really trying to achieve some kind of result, that's what matters the most in setting up any of these structures. Does that perspective help you on the Hill? Is there a real hunger for the kind of analysis you're providing? Um, and is it outcome focused when you get inquiries from Capitol Hill? Absolutely. I think any of the briefings that we've had with members or staff, when we've highlighted, here's the ways that we are trying to leverage data to accelerate the work, right? We'll show some of our, one of our priorities is about self-service tools and capabilities. We get a lot of positive feedback about that's wonderful. How can we do that more? Um, I know what we're trying to work with our CIO. We're really trying to tell the department we're small enough that we can be a test bed. Right? Like we figured out how to get into the cloud and how to deploy some of these technologies. Now let's take these lessons learned and share them. Right? We've stood up data governance. Let's take that process so no one else has to hit the same hurdles that we do. Let's help give people the path of here's how we did it. We've gotten a lot of positive feedback from that, so I'm encouraged by it. We'll see if our budget keeps going up for it. <laughs> but I know internally we've had a lot of support. We've had a lot of support from our partners within the organization. So There's a real lesson to be learned from that mm -hmm. story. 
Um, I'd be remiss in having you here and not mentioning the uh, Inspector General at HHS who just retired, Dan Levinson, one of the most highly respected IGs all across government, and he'll be missed. We both talked about him very fondly before we started recording, and uh, I'm glad to hear that he had a nice send-off and a great tribute, and I wish him a great retirement. I've always enjoyed every uh, interaction I had with him while he was the IG at HHS. Thank you for that. Absolutely. We're going to miss him very much. He's been a fantastic leader. Carol Brzmokowicz, the Chief Data Officer at HHS Office of Inspector General. It's great to have you here. Thanks for coming in. Thank you. Thank you very much. Nice to see you, Robert Shea. Good to see you, Francis. Commissioner. See you again soon. Thanks for listening to The Fed Heads, brought to you by Grant Thornton Public Sector. All of the resources talked about during the episode are available in the episode description. We'd love to hear from you. Connect with us on Twitter at GT Public Sector to join the conversation. And don't forget to leave us a comment or review on iTunes or the Google Play Store.